Welcome back to another Cinefest Sudbury review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside he's allergic to tomatoes, but he's tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Matt, how dare you interrupt me as I read Catcher in the Rye for the 90th time? <laughs> Sounds pretty douchey to me. Um, that's actually one of the, we're going to get to that. I actually love how douchey that character is, and it kind of makes up for uh, a lot of this movie. But yeah, today we are reviewing Philippe Fallardeau's My Salinger Year, uh, which is playing Cinefest Sudbury, uh, going to be released by uh, IFC Films and Mongrel Media uh, in October here in Canada, October 23rd. Uh, stars uh, Margaret Qualey, Sigourney Weaver, Douglas Booth, Colm Fior. Uh, and more. Um, Eric, what is my Salinger year? Before we, we, we were having some trouble with the pronunciation of the director uh, yeah. of Monsieur yeah. Lazar and The Good Lie. Um, Quebecois filmmaker kind of in the same bunch as uh, you know, uh, Denis Villeneuve, uh, Denis Villeneuve to some people, and <laughs> yeah. uh, um, Jean-Marc Vallée. But is it Margaret Qualley or Qualley? Uh, yeah, that's a good point too. Um, Quali? Quali. Okay. So I I'm, think I said Quali, yes. right? So Is I'm going to go with Quali, but I'm not sure. I'm not trying to like, you know, change the pronunciation or like correct you. you I just wasn't I, sure. You, you, you do the synopsis and I will look. All it right. Up. Well, Matt, we're going to go way back to the year. We worried so much about the director's name that we, we forgot to worry about everyone else. Right. Is it Sigourney Weaver? Uh, Weaver? We're going to go back to 1995, a year when computers were still new and scary and the y2k was you know a couple years away um this is a story about a young uh college uh berkeley college student who decides to uh drop out and live in new york because she wants to be an aspiring writer um she ends up working for a literary agency headed by sigourney weaver's tough as nails lead agent uh margaret um Qualey or Quali, depending on the pronunciation, uh, plays Joanna, and she's kind of navigating the New York scene in 95. Um, she is basically sort of assigned secretarial duties, whether it be transcribing old cassettes or um, responding with a sort of uh, de factoid letter to fans of one of um, the agency's representatives, who is the elusive J.D. Salinger, uh, best known, obviously, for writing one of the most important novels uh, in a uh, American culture and, and just generally worldwide, Catcher in the Rye. Um, and so she kind of has, like we were talking with Enola Holmes, she has this kind of like imagining reading these stories and reading these letters and seeing the people that are reading them talk to her directly in a kind of fourth wall breaking style. Um, it's a very kind of light, but I guess it's not really a coming of age story, but more so trying to figure out and find your own voice and deciding where you want to go in life in the sense that, you know, this is a character who wants to write, but at the same time is working for a company that encourages their employees not to write or not to be writers and to kind of look for quality work. And she wants to kind of get that in with Sigourney Weaver's character, but at the same time has her own dreams put on hold. Um, she starts dating, she dumps her original boyfriend and starts dating this, <laughs> 
this really kind of arrogant socialist um, prick, hipster, who, hipster douchebag, played by uh, Douglas Booth, um, who it, it says it all when he is you know writing his manifesto naked with a "I am Cuba" poster in the background. Um, the film also kind of takes a look at the mythology and sort of idealizing of you know authors and and the peculiar nature of who jd salinger was as a person and as a uh figure in in uh historical culture um i found this movie to be kind of borderline i think it's mediocre overall but at the same time weirdly entertaining and i'm not sure if it's intentional or sincere but either way there were times in this movie where i was laughing especially with you know, the introduction of a computer to a mostly sort of tactile, old fashioned uh, office where all they have in terms of technology are, are you know, standard typewriters. And, yeah. you know, they introduce like a fax machine and Xerox, you know, at the beginning of the, the movie. And they say, like, do you know how to use this thing? And when they. Yeah, re- Joanna even mentions that it feels like it's stuck in the 1920s yeah so even though it takes place in 95 anytime you're in that office you feel like you've gone back like 30 years yeah i mean i'm kind of with you where like i don't think it's a a great movie overall but i had fun kind of watching it with you and um we did laugh throughout but i'm with you where i'm like i don't know if it was intended for us to laugh at like i it's it's on that fine line of like, is this satire or is this sincere? Yeah. And I could, you can never kind of grasp what it was going for. And I think that's maybe one of the issues with the movie, but like, I think it's perfectly watchable, but um, it's kind of just slight. And I don't know, like it's, it's one of those kind of feel good kind of, Oh, you know, finding herself kind of movies, uh, a job at this big thing, following her dream kind of things. And I, I didn't love, we talked a little bit about this in Enola Holmes, um, uh, which I think you might've mentioned uh, yeah, I did. earlier. Um, uh, I don't love the, the kind of, you know, fantastical elements. It, it brings in of her kind of imagining the people speaking to her and they're looking at the camera and she's starting to vision them on the bus and in her home and, and having these conversations with them, that kind of stuff kind of irks me. And much like I said, in Enola Holmes, but even more so here. Um, and then like it gets into the, you know, uh, there's a dance sequence in a, in a hotel where it, it's all this stuff that's happening inside of her head. And it's some of those more stylized elements that I kind of, didn't really jive with. Um, and then the movie itself is just that yeah, it plays out pretty st- in a pretty standard way. And I like Margaret Qualley. Um, <laughs> question mark. Qu- yeah. Question. Sorry, Margaret. Um, I love Sigourney Weaver, obviously. Um, and yeah, Douglas Booth as Dawn. I just kind of like he was, he's so overly written to be such um, a douchebag that you kind of love it. Like, I don't know. I came around on him where I'm like, I almost appreciate how, how much of a caricature he is. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Like he's so cliched and it's, it's funny. Like, it's just like, imagine every hipster douchebag you've ever witnessed in your life all rolled into one character. And it's just that classic, like she left her boyfriend in, in California and she meets this new guy and he's just like so shitty. <laughs> and I'm like, why? But like, 
it's it's comical how shitty he is and it's um, funny where because it's like, there's a scene where like literally he forgets her birthday a couple days later he gives her a present she opens it up it's the manuscript to his, <laughs> his novel, novel that he wants her to uh you know read and sort of give any feedback and it's called fellow traveler and it's just like this guy is the worst <laughs> Yeah, he works at a bookstore and he talks about hating the New Yorker and and like um just every cliche you've you've ever seen in one of those, you know, you know, faux intellectual you know, I'm better than everyone kind of guy that just yeah, is I can't take rejection, care. so I'm going to yeah. be the one to reject them first. Exactly. Um but I kind of appreciate how, how hard they go on that. Um, so I ended up coming around on that character cause you kind of end up just laughing at him throughout the whole thing because he's just so overly written to be so in your face cause they want you to hate him. And I mean, they accomplish that. Um, so I, I ended up actually kind of in, enjoying his character because of that. I think we're both on the same page of loving Colm Fjord, which there was a bit more of him in the movie. Yeah. And his subplot um, and like his sort of character arc, something happens later on in the movie that kind of feels like it should have been sort of introduced or at least structured in a way that was more thoughtful. I think like it just kind of is sort of sprung on last minute as like a sort of a major sort of uh, plot development. And it just kind of feels like it comes out of nowhere for the most part, with the exception of maybe referencing one thing that almost plays comedic when uh, Sigourney Weaver's character is scolding uh, uh, Margaret Qualley's character to go and pick up, um, you know, certain items. I think you know what I'm, I'm referring to, <laughs> yeah. but other yeah. than that, it kind of comes out of nowhere. And then you have also this like weird little sort of scene with Judy Bloom sort of coming in and sort of pitching, you know, or, or, you know, uh, Weaver's character kind of trying to keep her with the agency and not wanting to sort of move on to somebody else and how that all goes and how that's brought up again later. Um, when Quali's character kind of finds, you know, her own kind of footing, uh, within the literary agency world. And it all kind of stems back to like the, the formula is very much like the devil wears Prada. Confior, as you mentioned, is, is a lot of fun. It was even really nice seeing, uh, Brian F. O'Brien, who, um, is another agent who's kind of been there for probably the longest next to Sigourney Weaver's character who kind of can predict what's going to happen and kind of, you know, reluctantly, you know, gives, uh, the lead, you know, tidbits of advice when she needs it, but also kind of enjoys when she disobeys, uh, Weaver's, uh, orders, which is, you know, kind of fun to, to enjoy. But yeah, overall, like, I think you kind of summed it up perfectly, like in terms of what this movie is. And it's, it's just very slight and it kind of feels almost like your above average Hallmark movie with yeah. maybe a little bit more to it. That would be like a, a TV movie of the week or something in like the late eighties, early nineties. And it just is so weirdly fixated on like, again, sort of the tactile quality of, of, you know, Oh, look at a time when, when we didn't really have the internet and, you know, phones and we actually took the time to read books and read other people's writing and, you know, cherished the work of the author as much as we do, you know, social media celebrities and online personalities. And we actually had attention spans back then where now we don't. And it just kind of plays it so sort of, you know, 
straight face, but at the same time, I think it is kind of maybe poking fun at it, but I'm not sure how far it really wants to go or intends to go to the point where you're kind of laughing at it with those things that we were laughing at. Yeah. Um, even its depiction of Salinger without ever showing his face and and kind of just like, you know, the cliche thing of like giving her advice and being like, make sure you follow your dreams. Right. And like once all this- a day at yeah. least. Writing is a temple <laughs> yeah. and you gotta do it. Yeah. It falls into all that stuff. And you put it perfectly. Like, and we'll coin the term uh, elevated hallmark here. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> that's basically what this is. And I mean, even an elevated hallmark movie only gets you to like a 2.5. But I mean, I didn't hate watching this. That's the thing. Like, I wouldn't not. If someone who I feel like is the target audience of the movie, whether it's, you know, uh, my mom, I think my mom would really enjoy this movie. And I don't mean that as an insult to my mom or this movie, but like it is that type of, like you said, kind of hallmarky type movie where if she found this on a streaming service and asked me about it, I wouldn't give her my totally honest opinion. I would just say, you know what? I think you'll like it. And then yeah. that's basically what I would say to her. And, um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like, I don't think it's a, a a great movie by any means but like i kind of weirdly sort of enjoyed watching it with you and like it i i thought it was gonna i thought it was gonna be grading at the beginning and then i ended up being like you know what it's perfectly fine um slight is the perfect word for it and uh i i don't know i don't have much else to say other than that i mean there's a scene where you know like again i i think the most interesting and fun character is the douglas booth character because like i love when they you know decide to um find a place together in new york they settle on the first sort of you know walk-in that they they go to and then like you know he flirts in and says like literally like we'll take it you know and then they this is new york this is Come new york on, to- <laughs> and he doesn't even want to put his name on sort of the 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 lease or like the just every douchebag right thing you can imagine and then when she says oh yeah well, they, the place doesn't have a sink we'll do the we'll do the dishes in the in, in the uh bathtub and it's just kind of like of course of course this guy like you can't blame this guy for anything he'll just find a way to kind of like he's like teflon like he'll just put it back on you and it just washes off on him completely. Like, yeah, yeah. it's so amazing, but, but I mean, like, I almost applaud him and his unabashed nature of just being like, this is who I am. Okay. What? He kind of weirdly you, reminded me of Will Arnett and hot rod too at times where he's yeah. just so much of a parody of himself that I was waiting for yes. him to like scream out like, babe, wait, wait, babe. Well, and, that's, and that's where I, when we're talking about this movie, is it satire or is it sincere? It's like the Douglas Booth character is, is that the I, I guess my my point of being like that character is so over the top that it, that has to be satire, right? Or but it has to be a more realistic portrayal compared to Adrian Grenier in The Devil Wears Prada, who played sure. Anne Hathaway's boyfriend, who's weirdly supportive and nice. Where you look at him in real life and you're like, yeah, that's probably not like he'd be closer to to Douglas Booth and oh yeah, <laughs> um. Anyways, I don't have much else to say. I'm going to give it a two and a half. I, I thought about giving it a three, but I just don't think I can get there. Um, I, I'm going to give it a two and a half. I'm going to give it a two. Uh, one star for the antiquated technology and references 
to uh, the the inter world wide web. <laughs> what is this newfangled technology? And I'm gonna give the second star to the clarinet playing sexy Carl. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Shout out to sexy Carl. We didn't really talk about him, but um, another just of course he's like a sexy clarinet player. Uh, Played by Hamza Hawk. Yeah. I think is his name. And it, um, it would have been amazing that if he was, you know, he he went on to go and play with Smash Mouth. <laughs> oh, yeah. We kept making jokes because it takes place in 95. Which is a year so after we Pulp Fiction like- and Forrest Gump and stuff like that. But Smash Mouth didn't come into prominence until like 97, 98. So. Yeah. We were hoping that there would be a Smash Mouth concert somewhere. Or Sugar Ray. Movie, I mean. Yeah, Sugar I could, Ray. I could yeah. see Don, you know, ironically going to a Sugar Ray, Ray concert. So. <laughs> piece of shit dawn uh anyways see even this review was kind of fun so i don't know it's whatever um thank you all for listening um we have more coverage of cinefest Sudbury up here on uh untitled movie reviews um <clears throat> we also have a review up for oh my god what did we just review on dean on dean yeah um and then we also have all of our TIFF coverage. Um, you can tell that my I, I'm a little loopy. I don't even know what we literally just recorded before this. Uh, we also have reviews up for The Nest, uh, Enola Holmes, uh, Antebellum. Kajillionaire. Um, Kajillionaire. Uh, so you guys can check all of those out um, and all of our TIFF coverage, like I mentioned. Um, please go check out our other two podcasts, Untitled Movie Podcast and Untitled Movie Conversations. We'd really love for you guys to go subscribe over there. One is a long-form conversational podcast where eric and i kind of shoot the shit every week about the entertainment industry one's an interview show where we interview uh people around the industry um if you could drop a rating for any of those podcasts on your podcast service of choice we'd really really appreciate that that really helps us get in front of more people's eyes it helps us climb those charts which i thank you for everyone who did that during tiff i think we got up to like you know in the in the 40s of the top film podcasts in canada during tiff which is kind of kind of dope so thank you all for doing that um and please follow us on all the social medias at untitled underscore cast um as always my name is matt Rohrbeck. you can find more of my work around the internet but mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com and you can follow me on all of those social medias at matt Rohrbeck. and i'm eric march and you can find more of my video reviews at rogerstv.com slash cinema scene and on the social medias at em6211 until next time i love you booba <laughs>